Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, uh, we're going to ramble for like 12 to 13 minutes about uh, school reunions and being cool and side parts and whatever. <laughs> and so, middle parts, which is what I should have been doing yeah, yeah, my yeah, whole yeah. life. But if you can, no. there's a time code if you want to skip to the actual content. But look, if you want to hear us like talk about how cool we are, it's <laughs> we're at school and you're going to love it. All right. Anyway, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. Yes. We're here. We're back. Yes, indeedy doody day. I feel good because dee, we're doody uh, day, doody day. Between yes. this week and uh, last week's episode, there, there were seven days. There were seven, yeah, in total. <laughs> that's right. But uh, little to my knowledge, I think everybody else saw this coming who was watching the news. We were heading towards another lockdown, and then we went into lockdown on Friday. And then by the time this goes out, we're out of lockdown. It was like a quick five day lockdown, and I'm just like, thank Christ, because I don't think I could do another. Hundred months or whatever. We did, we did like last over a hundred days, didn't we? In it was brutal. Look, hello. Just before we get started, I'm Claire. James oh, yeah, sorry, is here yep, also. Yep, yep, we yep, are married. Yep, yep, this yep. is a Jesper podcast, and we recommend you things. We do not, however, recommend lockdowns. And uh, no, Claire. <laughs> we do recommend them for personal health. Oh, and we safety. absolutely do. They're super important. I just meant on a personal level. Oh no, they're terrible. Not for like a good fun time. No. Now. I want to say this because in Melbourne we had a massive lockdown last year. Then we've just done this done this five day lockdown. Yes. If you are someone in the UK or the US or anywhere else all over the world, uh, in Europe, anywhere in South America, in Africa, I was going to name all the continents. India, yeah, everywhere, all over the world, in Asia. I am so sorry if you are stuck in your home. It sucks. It sucks really bad, and we're here to cheer you up. And I'm just so sorry. We are so lucky where we are in Australia that we just did a five-day lockdown just in our state and we're out of it again. But I don't mean to throw our joy at being released from our house in your face if you were stuck oh, in do. your house. Oh, I do. I very much do. <laughs> anyway, however, so putting that aside, we're here to support you. We think you're great. I agreed. However, I have to say I hated these five days. I sunk into like some kind of despair. It was grim. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but I think I thought it was going to go for longer. Well, because we had no idea what. Yeah. And our son had just started school and it was was just like. He was so excited. And it was fine. Like he didn't seem bothered by it at all. No, no, because he gets to do his favorite thing, which is stay home and hang with us and play Nintendo Mario. Oh my God, it's so (laughs) fun. It's such a fun game. (laughs) We made cupcakes, we made cookies, we painted his face. Yeah. He had some fun time, but he was really excited to go back to school as well. Yeah, that's true. I think that part of it, and I've been reflecting on why it was that we both had like struggled with it. In I've also ways. been reflecting on it. So this is what oh, I yeah. no, go on. Let me give you my theory on life, which <laughs> I've been doing constantly that you're real and you're probably real sick of. Please do. Because you said the other day you've you'd just fallen into a funk. I did. You you went into and I think it was more like a pit of despair. But uh sure. well, let's call it a funk. I was also in a funk too and tired, Mm, like super exhausted all of a sudden. And I think it's because the memory of all those days that we did last year, that's a little bit of trauma right there. Like, And the fact that your life can all of a sudden drop 
on, and I know in other places in the world, they, yeah, this is a lived course. experience of people yeah, all people the time. People are still doing it. But we yeah. live in a, in a society in Australia at the moment. Oh, that we live in a society. Oh, no, because people will, that's great. Oh, Don't worry about so it. Keep annoying. going. <laughs> you're the worst. Anyway, we're living, we live in a society where we're not used to the government stepping in and just being like, hey, guess what? You get to stay in your house and not leave your 5K radius and only mm. leave the house for two hours a day. Like that just is just not something in our radar no. that I thought we thought would be possible. And suddenly we're having to grapple with that. And so, of course, we're bloody in, in finding it bloody tough. Yeah, I think that's why other countries also are struggling with it because, you know, you know, I know there's a lot of people in the US who have, well, not just the US, it's, still, it's here as well, people have problems with lockdown and the government telling people what to do. Like yeah, I totally it's a get shock. it. Especially it's when you look shock. at it and you're like, hmm, that seems wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. in things like you have to wear a mask even when you're outdoors and nobody's around. It's like why? It's fucking ridiculous. But it's like, all right, well, what's the rule? Like you know? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? know. It's and and look, I think in all of this, the best thing to do is err on the side of caution. Oh, and totally. Wear a yeah. Mask. It's so important mm. and the distancing, all of that stuff, because this, you know, there are real, real consequences to people. However, mm. it is ridiculous. I mean, for a bushwalk today, I had to wear a mask in thirty yeah. degree heat. Yeah, for me, it's for me though. Like the reason I I do these things, and I know there's been people like Joe Rogan, Neil or Musk, are like, oh, they're not going to get the vaccine because they're healthy there's and whatever. Joe Rogan, Rogan, Elon Musk, there's... and James Clement from Mister Sunday Movies. Yeah, the world exactly. is waiting with bated breath. We've got we're the triangle of of amazing <laughs> of white men influ- of white men of white men thinking everyone needs to listen to your opinion. Thank you. Finally, somebody <laughs> said it. But they're like, we're not going to get the vaccine because like, it's not, you know, because it won't, like, affect, won't affect them, the virus, because, you know, mm. they're happy and well, he- yeah. happy, healthy and young. They've like, both said maybe, that. Maybe, yeah. God, but, they have but, so much yeah, I know, but the thing is as well, people. it's like, yeah, it's not fucking for you, idiot. It's so if you get it, then you don't pass it to somebody else. Exactly. Like, that's why I wear a mask. I don't wear a mask because I think I'm going to die. I think I could kill somebody. You know, because if I sure, I might have some kind of underlying health condition. I You've, don't know. Now about. we've been married for so long, and I never knew that you thought you could potentially be a murderer. Uh, no, oh, definitely, I could Lord. definitely murder somebody. But that's why I do it because I don't want to infect those around yeah, me and it's, kill anybody. It's empathy, exactly yeah. right. Even though, also, we will say that even if you're fit and healthy and everything, the virus can exactly just it can take still you down. it can still wipe it you. It can yeah. have like really small symptoms, or it cannot. Anyway, I, yeah, I totally agree. So much of this is about empathy and thinking about other people, not just your own self and your own safety and your own family. And I think the more that we can do that, the better mm. is have like just the deeper the empathy, radical empathy. Radical empathy. Radical empathy, mate. Oh, God. I was reading up about my recommendation today and uh, it talks a bit about radical empathy. Empathy on a skateboard. Radical. <laughs> Rad. That's how old I am. I'm like radical skateboards. Yeah, I think they've come back though, mate. I, don't know. I think they're so gone? old that they've come back full circle. When are rollerblades <gasps> coming back, James? I know all of this like important stuff we've been talking about, and I'm very disappointed in Jay, Joe Rogan and Elon Musk, though not overly surprised. Something that I have to talk about that is, you know, of immediate importance. Yeah. I have found out this week that I part my hair on the side, and it's wrong, like and it makes nerd. me old. It makes me old and not cool. No, your face makes you old. <laughs> your hair just hey. accents it. Okay, yeah, well, 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 well. But I just didn't know. Look, I've ne- look. I have to say, full disclaimer. I've never been cool. It's never been my forte. Mm. Never. Not even in primary school. Not even in high school. Not for a minute. Just it was never in my radar. That's cool. I've have I ever been cool? It. 
I think if I have to think about it, I probably haven't been cool. <laughs> what do we got? No, hang on. Oh, I have to talk about oh, this back. That means I can part my hair in the middle again. No, no, no. Yeah, I've got this my hair long. Saying. Okay, I wanted to, you were saying you weren't cool and I am going to tell you right now, you were sort of in a coolish group. I, on the other hand, <laughs> no, was nowhere near being cool. I was not. I wasn't even cool adjacent. <laughs> I was I was bottom tier, and that's cool because like you know how I know I was bottom tier because somebody because told you. my favorite novel in Year Nine was Isabel Carmody, and I got put into the advanced English class where I had to go and do a presentation for with you for the Year Tens in their English class, like they put me into their English class, and I was so thrilled about it. I didn't. I got up and did this whole presentation on Isabel Carmody's novel Over Newton, and. I had thought that everyone would know what I was talking about when I made jokes about the main character because clearly everyone should have read Especially in Year 10. Opening by Isabel Comedy. I know, exactly. I did of not course know no one had bloody read it. And so there was just like silence and as I was reading my little nerdy report, my little heart just like sunk into my shoes. Yeah, and you know what yeah. happened to all those girls? They're all dead. <laughs> Listen, anyway, it's fine. That's fine. The thing I'm is like who cool. wants to peek at school? Anybody I know who peaks at school is a piece of shit and they're not doing anything. They are doing literally nothing. They cuz they went this is it. I'm on the fuck I'm on the track because everything comes easy. So you don't have to try. You're either good looking or you're cool and whatever. And then that shit doesn't mean anything in the real world. I mean, it helps to be like good looking. I think it does. But like if you're just an obnoxious cool person, guess what? No one gives a fuck. People just think you're an asshole. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. If you're cool and snarky and mean, people fucking hate you. They don't care. That's you know why you see happens. those friendship groups. You know, we know people they like they all marry. They each all marry other. each other. All the cool groups, and they stay because you had girls at your school who had a school reunion oh adjacent to your school reunion because they they wanted to they didn't agree with certain things that were going on. It's like no one gives no, a fuck. No, it wasn't even that. Nobody it cares. Wasn't even that. It was my ten year school reunion, which I didn't go to because. Why the hell would I want to relive the hell that was you high school? You can do your report again. <laughs> on my own, the Over Newton Chronicles, which I stand by. It was an excellent series. Anyway, so dystopian, you would love it. Yeah, I would. Anyway, um, no, so my school reunion was organised. It was like 10-year reunion. I didn't go. But I bumped into an, an old friend I went to school with and she was like, oh, did you hear that the cool group in inverted commas boycotted the 10-year reunion <laughs> and made their own one that only the cool people in Inverticals could go That's to. That's so fucking lame. That is the lamest thing I've oh, ever I heard. I can't defeat the purpose of oh the reunion because that's basically their weekend every Saturday, I'm assuming. So I don't sad. even know. Look, anyway, I don't want to – look, that's everyone's like so, – like, like I hear that and I'm like, that's, that's grim. Like it's not even like – like, you're, you're an idiot, obviously, all of those people. No, they are. It's fine. I don't fine. want to say that. No. They are. I'm saying it. I don't know any of these we people. We just were talking like, about radical empathy and now oh we're telling God. people they're But they like, just mean, like, wherever the cool school reunion, guess what? No one gives a fuck. That's <laughs> anyway, so Look, but that's also, that's also life, right? Like, life is hard and becoming an adult is hard and people's, like, different points in where they saw themselves being and, you know, their friendship groups, all that stuff. Go for your life. If they want to have their reunion... Great. I don't have to go to either of them and I'm very happy. Yeah. All I'm saying is, James, I thought that I had a pretty, you know, up with a haircut. Oh, yeah. You, I, thought, I always thought you did. I did too. Turns out, no. Turns out 
It's totally lame. Yeah, well, look. It's you, middle age. You can't. Okay, so now I have to part my hair in the middle, but I have a big forehead and it looks ridiculous. You've got a big forehead, mate. I was My, my face me, is like 80% forehead. The mo- See, I think the problem with this is the moment that I discovered the side part, I really felt like it came into my own. And then I had the realisation this week that that makes me the same as those people that I used to make fun of who were stuck in the 80s with their 80s hair yeah. and now they're in their the 50s thing, but they've got a look from the 80s. Don't chase trends. It'll destroy you. Just do what you think looks good and don't don't be chasing like age-appropriate trends because you're going to be ending up looking ridiculous. <laughs> do you know? Well, no, well, I don't. Yeah, I know. However, I, but that I, I'm sure, but that same advice could be applied to people who are still wearing their mullets from the eighties. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a difference so between having a mullet. Now I'm I don't really know. Confused. There's a difference between like having a mullet still and not like a new mullet, as in you're a person who had a mullet and still has a mullet. Also, God bless you if you've still got that hair. You should have a mullet <laughs> if you had a mullet in the eighties. All respect. Yeah, but like. Honestly, just do whatever, man. Like, do whatever you want. Yeah. Actually, that that is the main thing, isn't it? Okay, you've made me feel And then when better. you go back, go to your 20-year school reunion, which, by the way, mine is this year. <laughs> Jesus, you're so yeah, old. I know, I'm so old. <laughs> I'm going to dye my head jet black. And they're going to be like, this guy looks exactly the all same. All right, we have rambled for way too, too long. long. I'm well, so okay, curious. Collins, please cut all this out. Collins, what nonsense. Uh, put this up top, if you could. <laughs> Hi, uh, we're going to ramble for like 12 to 13 minutes about uh, school reunions and being cool and side parts and whatever. <laughs> and so, middle parts, which is what I should have been doing yeah, yeah, my yeah, whole yeah. life. But if you can, no. there's a time code if you want to skip to the actual content. But look, if you want to hear us like talk about how cool we are, it's worth school, <laughs> then you're going to love it. All right. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, you can start. Go for it. Well, I watched a miniseries. I believe I watched it earlier this year or late last year, but it's from 2020. It's called A Teacher or A Teacher, not mm-hmm. An Teacher, but it's created by Hannah Fidel and it's based on her book of the same name. It stars Kate Mara, who you would probably know from, uh, what's the one about politics with Kevin Spacey or whatever? Oh, House of Cards. Yeah, she's like the reporter that he has an affair with or something. Oh, she's so good. She's great. Yeah, and, I saw you watching this. Yeah. It's really great. And Nick Robinson, who is uh, is from Kings of Summer, he's from Jurassic World. Uh, he's from a news movie that I was watching called um, Silk Road, which I wasn't enjoying very much, so I turned it off. But anyway, it's about a teacher. Uh, she's married. She moves to a new school, a new high school, right? She's an English teacher or whatever. She teaches the senior kids and one of her students. She's the a teacher in the story, right? Do you understand? Yes. Cool. I've uh, got it. Nick Robinson plays a final year student who, who she ends up tutoring and trying to help um, you know, find a college for or whatever. And anyway, a, as a result of them spending time together, they form this relationship, sexual in nature. <gasps> it's an affair between student and teacher. And what's really interesting about the this series, it's either six or eight episodes. How old I think is he? Might be at, he'd be 17. So he's of legal age? No, it's illegal. You cannot do, you cannot have uh, sex with your students. Um, no, but it's 
Yeah, you're oh, right. Oh, maybe no, it no. is. Uh, depending on the state, I think it might. I don't know. So, no, but 16, oh, I, get, I get confused about the It depends on the state. The state. Okay. I think it might be, depending on the state, I think it might be 16 or 17 is a legal age, but if you are like in a, like, Le- if, you're, a yeah, if you're a, a, a leadership or role or what, whatever, then no, it's illegal. Correct. But exactly. uh, just in case you were wondering, Claire, in case you were planning anything, I see what you're <laughs> up to. No, but um, so it's the idea is that, so it's it's framed like a love story initially, like they've got this kind of secret kind of relationship and it's all lovely and they're teaching each other things and whatever and it's like, you know, it's all like fun and it's like when you're falling in love and whatever. But then what happens when, like, it's kind of revealed what's happening to the community, you see it it unfolds in this, like, horrible way. And it is, when you look at it, it's like an abuse of power because there is that, you know, there's the age gap and there's obviously one is a teacher and one is not. There's also the long-term, like, psychological effects, effects and damage, which what comes with having an affair with a, with an older person. You know, because um, mm. often, you know, when you see with, you know, these things happen like a, a, a teenage boy like has an affair with an older woman. People are like, yeah, that's so cool or whatever. But it's like it's it's not cool. It's It can re- it really fucks you up. We actually know somebody who this happened to and yeah, as a result do. their life is well, – they're, they're pretty good to be fair now but like not to get into it or name names but pretty fucking grim I would say. Um, but, yeah, so you see how afterwards that like their life falls apart. Like her life falls apart because she's this like social pariah. He like feels at first like that it was his fault, you know, because he like instigated a lot of all of those things. But he realized that you know, he was a student, like he was taken advantage of. Do, do you know what I mean? He was a, he was a child essentially. So it really ta- looks about looks at how how the relationship is perceived by like society also because a lot of his friends when he goes to college are like, yeah, you're that cool dude who like, you know, had sex with the teacher or whatever and she's like a monster. But it's 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 kind of it delves into like the reasonings behind and like the psychological – well, because they're both obviously troubled like because even though – like you do feel empathy for her even though she did this terrible thing because there's something, you know, there's, there's something wrong with her. <laughs> like it would have to yeah. be if you do – if you do something like that. So it was fascinating. Uh, it's really good and grim. You should watch it. Mm. I yeah. find What I find really interesting about that is how they they turned the story around mm. to make you really think more um, deeply yeah. about the characters and their arc. Because it's kind of lovely, like, in moments where, like, you know, they're, like, yeah. they're sharing moments and, like, you know what I mean, and they're educating each other. And But it's like, oh, no, this is actually, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Good. Yeah, it's, that sounds similar to Promising Young Woman in some ways mm. in the whole love story arc. It happens there and then it gets turned on its head. Yeah. And I really, I'm really enjoying it. It's interesting you chose to bring that up because it kind of is similar in theme in a way to my recommendation. Oh, really? Oh, it's on Hulu, by the way. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I'm definitely going to watch that. Mm. My recommendation is one a lot of people have watched and raved about. So it's like an old, it's not old, old, but it's, you know, it's been raved about and talked about a lot. I May Destroy You yeah, by I've Michaela Cole. Yeah, I've been meaning Cole. to watch this. But I heard it's like dense, and I'm like, I need some like headspace to kind of. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very dense. It's mm. very uh, unsettling, I mm. would say. Challenging. It's so different though, and super uh, fresh. The writing is incredible. It, you kind of feel like you're living inside Michaela Cole's brain in mm. a way. But the reason why I link it to a teacher that you were just talking about is because the characters shift and change and no character is all good or all bad. Yeah, so right. she really plays 
with that a lot and with your perceptions of characters. So her best friends. So she, this is her second TV series. Chewing Gum. Yeah, Chewing Gum was her first one. No, I haven't. So I now want to go back and watch that. Um, That's got two seasons. So she had this really interesting life story Mm. as well. So she grew up in East London and had a, a pretty challenging upbringing in lots of ways. Um, didn't grow up with a lot. She became kind of obsessed with a um, in a Christian church, basically, and started doing kind of poetry readings and things within this kind of evangelical faith that she'd become a part of as a young person. And someone saw her doing some poetry at a cafe and then suggested that she try and, and um, go to drama school. And so she did that. Um, yeah. And then from there she, she created Chewing Gum Dreams, which was um, like a one-woman show. And she explores a lot of themes of racism throughout both her schooling at the drum school because it was a very posh school with sort of upper middle class. She calls them middle middle uppers, that's right. And so she kind of explores all of that too and what that was like to be a black woman in that context and how, like she said in one moment in the classroom, they said can all the people who are from whose parents own their own home go to one end of the room and parents who don't go to the other. And she was the only woman, only person whose parents didn't own their own home. Kind of. Yeah. What kind of exercise is that? Yeah. I know. Well, you know how you might say people who like ice cream run to that side. That's so weird. Like Like it's so specific. Yeah, it is. But it's it's very, it's it's really really thoughtless, I guess, Hmm. which is what she kind of says um, later on. So she explores a lot of that kind of stuff um, and Chewing Gum is that kind of one-woman show where she plays multiple characters. Anyway, so in the second season of Chewing Gum when she's writing that show, um, she's sexually assaulted. Right. And so I May Destroy You kind of explores a sexual assault. So it's not kind of autobiographical, though it does have a lot of elements of her own life in it. And the main character does have a lot of similarities to her in a lot of ways. So she kind of explores what happens when, um, yeah, someone is sexually assaulted. She's raped um, and she gets roofied basically in a bar and then is assaulted and wakes up the next day and she's she's a writer. So she's kind of like a social media star who put out a piece of writing and it went viral. This is her character in the um, in I May Destroy You. And then from that viral piece she gets offered a book deal and so she's in the middle of writing this second book um, when this, the assault happens and it kind of derails her life. Yeah. Uh, and then you kind of explore the fallout of that in her personal life and with her friendships and relationships. And, it, yeah, it's just... It's disturbing. I had no, I had no idea it was, it was about any of that. Yeah, yeah mm. it's really it's interesting because it speaks to a completely different experience too. Mm. There are queer characters in there. There are characters that look at gender identity. She wears a lot of different wigs as well, which yeah. I think is really interesting. They're really cool, yeah. Yeah, and that kind of whole world to me is really outside my experience. So I, what I, I loved about it was that she was able to um, let the audience stand in the shoes of each of the characters, but also she confronts you with these really horrific scenes too mm. that are quite yeah. Is it one hard season? to watch really? Mm. Is it one season? Yeah, it's just yeah. one season. It's just one complete show. I can't. Yeah. I, I I don't think she'd be bringing anything. Yeah, because people are talking about this like I know there's a comparison to like Fleabag, but I think that's more in terms of like it's one of the best shows of. Mm. The last couple of years, I right? can see how there are comparisons to Fleabag. I think the writing is completely different. Yeah, it's funny 
in lots of ways, but not in the same way that Fleabag is. I mean, that just deals with different themes too mm. because there's obviously elements of racism that run through the show too and exploring yeah. um, people's preconceived ideas about that kind of stuff. And she just drops little hints. It's so layered. So she'll drop sort of elements of climate change kind of within the show. Mm. So there's just kind of scenes like that where it's not the main content of the show at all, but it's kind of running as a backdrop. Yeah. And it, she also looks a lot, it's heavily draws on social media and the problem of social media and how we are growing up as this generation that just want to be constantly filming ourselves and being seen and being heard, which is ironic because I'm saying this on a <laughs> podcast. And so that in itself, she kind of is exploring her relationship with all of that because she's moved away from apps. Yeah. Um, now because she said they were kind of taking over her life. Another of the storylines follows one of her best friends who becomes obsessed with Grinder, and he's kind of using Grinder to escape his own life mm. really and he's kind of got this real addiction to it and then he's assaulted um, in the context of Grindr. Um, and then you can kind of see the fallout for him as a queer black man and, and how she's treated very differently to him when he goes to report the assault in the police station. So there's that kind of theme running through it as well. I won't spoil the ending, but I will say there's... Sorry? Please do not. No, I won't spoil the ending. So, But it's definitely, definitely worth watching, definitely not around kids um, (laughs) because there's a lot of kind of drug taking and very explicit sex scenes and... Kids love drugs. All those kind of things. Kids love drugs these days. (laughs) Anyway, the reason I also... One other thing I thought was really interesting is that she was determined to own and produce and kind of be in charge of her own content for I May Destroy You because in Chewing Gum she found that she didn't have any creative control, any at all, any ownership. She'd never written a TV series before. And so when she looked at the way it was set up, she realised it was super flawed. So Netflix initially offered her $1 million up front for I May Destroy You and she turned it down and then she also fired her agent as well who basically said, you should take this deal. Yeah. And she said, no, I'm not searching for crumbs for ownership. I want to have my entire show. And so in the end the BBC came through and she managed to get all the writing, you know, have ownership of her show and not give over any of her creative license. Did it then go to Netflix anyway? No, I think it's on stand now. Yeah, okay. Or in Australia at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that oh, – um, yeah, absolutely. But to get it made, she didn't make it with Netflix. And I think yeah. that's really brave but also – Because there's not a lot of money in the BBC either. No, no. Oh. So I think that she she just so highly values her creative mm. content and her writing over any of that other stuff, which yeah. I think is the only way to get something really, really, really great made in the yeah. way that you envision it is if you can have creative control over it. So anyway, I thought that was really interesting and she is an incredible person and just so articulate in the way and so different in the way she speaks about the world. And you can see that kind of an evangelical kind of Christianity, the way that she speaks is almost biblical and Mm. there are biblical kind of themes of angels and devils in the show as well. So anyway, fascinating person. Okay. Fascinating person. I was, I was going to, I had a, I, I need to watch that. I was going to, I have another recommendation, but we're coming up on 30 minutes and we might need to move to letters. No, let's keep going. Are you sure, Claire? We warned people. We warned people about the 13 minutes before. We should do a couple of All right, fine, Claire. I watched The Rental and you watched some of The Rental. This is different again. Uh, it's directed by Dave Franco. People might know it's Dave Franco uh, from things, Dave Franco. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so it star- stars Dan Stevens, Alison Brie, Sheila Vand, Jeremy Allen White. And it's about a couple's retreat uh, where they go to a, to a lovely uh, they Airbnb. They retreat as a couple? They do. You saw a bit of this. And they go there and before it kind of becomes anything and turns into anything, and this is, I, I guess, a, a spoiler if you do want to jump ahead. You don't want to know anything about this going in. Uh, it's, um, so they, you know, it's their relationships and their work life and, you know, and there's like, there's jealousy and a little bit of infighting, but it all kind of comes to a head when it turns out there's a murderer. So it just turns into a movie where there's an axe murderer running around. Yeah. So, and it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's a cut above like your average, like slasher. And it does like the, the murderer stuff pretty well. Like if I'm honest, it's pretty good. But it, I, I, but I think what what the reason why that stuff works is because you believe the characters because often in times you don't you know the the people being murdered aren't fun or realistic or interesting it's like uh, who gives a shit you know what I mean mm. but this does a good job of setting them up as very realistic couples and then you throw an axe murderer at them and and then they're already infighting about like infidelity and jealousy and all these other things that are going on. And then on top of that, there's a man running around with an axe. You know what I mean? Correct. So it's um, it also has it's in, it's got a really interesting use of sound. There's a few moments where, like, the killer will be rushing at somebody, and and just before they're about to like smash a window to attack them, and they and they get right there, it cuts, so you don't get that like release of like tension. There's like the build up, build up, build up of somebody coming to attack, and then it cuts to like a different scene, and you there's no. There's no noise or like you don't see the attack, and it's all it's it's kind of more upsetting. Do you know what I mean? Because like you're expecting something, and then it, it's a, you just don't you don't get that thing that you're that you're used to saying. So yeah, it's I liked it. It was good. Yeah. Um, I don't have much else to say about I it. I watched the first half of it until yeah. the axe murderer became because you were like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "I don't know yet," because I didn't really. Yeah, and it was good. I yeah, really enjoyed good. that yeah. first part of it. I mean, I really don't ever want to go to a like a remote Airbnb yeah. <laughs> ever again after watching it. I also like the soundtrack. Yeah, and I just really like Alison Brie. I think she's just like really great. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I just thought it was, yeah, really good. I couldn't watch the end of it because I get too spooked. And uh, Alison Brie and Dave Franco married in real life. Well, there you go. Yeah, there Didn't you go. know that. All right. Um, I have a very other quick recommendation. Oh, my God, I love it. I know. I thought you would. This is a book that you gave me for Christmas. I did. Do you remember? It's called The Mother Fault. I knew Kate it would speak to Mildenhall. you. How did you know? How did you know? Because it's got The Mother Fault written in bold on the top. You want to know how I picked <laughs> it? Front? I was at the I was at the bookstore and I was Correct. getting the new Treehouse yeah. book uh, for our son. Yes. And I saw that and I went, this cover and title looks like something Claire might like. And that's literally <laughs> how I picked it. Picked it. You it, know anything else about it? I read the blurb and whatever. <laughs> and uh, ah. I think I Googled the author as well. Did you but read that, it that on the front it says, imagines a world as terrifying and visionary as Margaret Atwood's Gilead? I, I didn't see that at all, but that's interesting. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, that, the, honestly, it was like, it looked like a book you would read. Like it just looks like a book that I've seen you read. So that's why I, that's why it initially jumped out at me. All right. Well, it's, it's a really uh, gripping read. So you just come, it's one of those books that like rolls along. Um, you can't put it down. It's uh, set in... You're literally, but you've been holding it for nine days straight. You're still holding it. <laughs> Great. It's stuck to my hands now. I don't know why it's weird. No. So basically it has similarities to Gilead, you know, um, The Handmaid's Tale. Sure. It's set in Australia. What Ooh. kind of spooked me is that it's set in a future Australia that is very similar 
to the one we're living in now. So it's <laughs> in, set in present day Australia. Interesting. No, but it's just got, you know, underlying themes of like climate change and sure. how the world's changed and obviously how much government control has started to sneak into their lives. We should turn uh, change this podcast into talk into sneaking climate change <laughs> into every episode. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Oh god. Anyway, yeah, so it's kind of got a little bit like nine eighty five. It's got that similar kind of vibe to it. Oh, yeah, 1994. Oh, God. I do was probably like the year after that book was set. It's probably still pretty bad. Anyway, <laughs> go on. on. James Orwell, that who wrote it? No, his name was Rick Astley. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Lord. It's late. It's very You've read late. You've haven't it's you? So late. Yes, I have read 1984. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I was born in 1985. It was a good year. Anyway, so the central character is, play, is played, um, is called Mim, and her husband is missing, and no one knows where um, he is, but everyone wants to find him, especially the department, <gasps> which are basically like the government organization that are controlling everything. And they should know the all-seeing government body has fitted the entire population with a universal tracking chip to keep them safe, in inverted commas. Well, like a bloody telephone, am I right? Correct, exactly. Um, But suddenly Ben can't be tracked and he goes missing and Mim has to go on the run with her two children when she finds out that uh, Ben, basically his life is under threat and all of that kind of stuff. And, yeah, it kind of goes from there. So she's on the run trying through the Australian outback to a terrifying sea voyage as well to try and find her husband. Oh it's um, a terrifying sea voyage. Correct, exactly. Anyway, so that's kind of how it unfolds. But it's great and I really enjoyed it. And she's a badass, kick-ass main character and there's kind of like a love affair in the middle of it and it just does make you think a lot about... Climate change. Where our future is headed. God, we're having some depressing recommendations this week, aren't we? Yeah. Can you lighten the mood, James? No. Yes, I can actually because I've got a lovely review and if you do want to review the show, you can. You can do it in-app. It's a good way to sneak in a recommendation as well. I know you're lining up a a voice memo, aren't you? Correct, I am. So while you're doing that, it's from Rex Quimpo says, a podcast for couples. I love this podcast. I'm a fan of both James and Greg from the, from their other podcast, but this is this one is my favourite. I Aww. listen to this with my partner every week. We love watching the movies they recommend because they span multiple genres so we can find something we enjoy. But my favourite suggestion so far was a poem called Home by Warshan Shire. Aww. I'm not much of a poetry person, but when Claire read it on the pod, it instantly stuck with me. Thank you. Thank you, guys, for all the good you do. While you're reading this, I would like to suggest an album called Spark by Maxwell Young. It's one of my favourite albums of all time. It is smooth and melodic, but with hip-hop and soul elements, some of the tracks get a little experimental, but don't let it stop you from giving it a listen. That's from Rex. Thank you so much. Oh, that's so lovely. A lot lovely. of people say they listen with, because a, a lot of people are like, my, my partner hates uh, the, weekly the Weekly Planet. planet. <laughs> we get a lot of emails. Like, and sometimes I meet those people in real life. They're yeah. like, hi, I'm so-and-so. This is my partner. I'm like, hello. And they're like, she hates you. And I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Correct, exactly. So if you have a partner in your life, pass on this pod to them. If you could. We would love that. Yeah, seriously, if you have someone that you think likes podcasts or even if they don't, suggest a show Put to them. Put it on in the car machine. We would love that. Yeah, we're, we're all right. We're pretty cool. All right, you can also email the show with your suggestions. We would love that. Email stressfulpod at gmail.com. Yeah. And if you so choose, you could even send us a voice memo. You just pop the little voice memo app on your phone, record it, and then email it all on your phone, just like Alving Marufo has. I can't hear anything. Oh, plugged in. Oh, Is it muted? Oh, yeah, my laptop's muted. Do you reckon that's why? <laughs> I 
You fucking hate you sometimes. I don't. I love you. Or maybe I don't. Okay. Can we just goddamn listen to I'm ready. Hello, Claire and James. This is Alvin from Venezuela. I wanted to talk about the film Driveways from last year. It's the story of a young Asian single mother and her son who are in this new neighborhood uh, where, where the boy develops a friendship with an old man who is a war veteran. And it's a very sweet, very sweet story about life and this young boy learning new things and this old man having, you know, some regrets about life. And yes, beautiful, very, very beautiful film. I really recommend it. It's one of my favorites from last year. So I hope you enjoy it. So, bye-bye. Thank you very much. Uh, Driveways, I remember hearing about... Yeah, because this came out in 2019. I was just Googling it. Look at this cast. It's also got Brian Dennehy, who uh, who died um, recently. So it might have been one of his last roles. Interesting. Driveways. All right, yeah, I'm going to put that on my list right now. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, also, Alvin, from Venezuela. Crisp, crisp clear uh, voice memo oh, as well. Brilliant. I know, and that accent. Hey, we, that's the second time in a row we've had... Classic accent. Classic people. Who Real good. Ones. I love it. Love it. I really enjoyed that. Thank you so much. And nice and, nice and succinct too. Yeah, loved it. Under a minute. Well spoken. Well done, well, Alvin. Well convinced. You're a legend. And thanks for listening, mate. All right. Okay. So, oh, just before we finish, James. Yes. Uh, Wasn't his last movie, but that's uh, oh, still. All right. There true. you go. I have an extra little, uh, little thing to say. So, Ugh. I. <laughs> Pipe down over there, Tachi. So, <laughs> you should have seen the face that like went with that um, sigh or groan or whatever it was. All right, so I have a little present uh, for a present. A for present. Me? <laughs> no, not for you. Oh. Though you did give me a Valentine's Day present. I'm a beautiful bunch of flowers. What did you give me? Um, my the joy <laughs> of my sparkling wit and company, which I am also going to give you guys for free. Oh no. <laughs> If you would like to sign up to my newsletter, which I have decided is going to come out once a week on a Friday, you can. There's a link in the show notes below. It's called Taunts. That's right. uh, That's what a lot of my friends call me. That's what's. uh, You have friends? I thought you lost them all at school. (laughs) No, I found some. Oh, that's great. I said I wasn't cool. I didn't say I had no friends. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Can I just say also, having read uh, your first newsletter, I loved it and I genuinely did. Uh, um, look, because you want to put a bit of sizzle in there because people are like, well, what's a newsletter? It's like a, like a flyer He's or whatever. mansplaining a newsletter. No, no, I'm t- telling people why they <laughs> like it. There's a very funny story in there about a boob out on a public transport. So, uh, look, I think that's a big <laughs> enough hook to get you in. I panicked. Um, I didn't know what to do. No, I think it's really funny. I think it, yeah, because it ties into It's like, not my boob, though. Well, you don't want to give that away, do you? Because <laughs> then people go, oh, my God, it's a Kles boob. And then they go in. To uh to yeah, see, but but what if they never read the newsletter and they just go through their life thinking that I had my boob out? If I wanted transport. to know, no, I'd want to know, and I'd uh, I'd click on the newsletter. So yeah, def- definitely, <laughs> I think it's very funny. So uh, definitely check it out. Thanks, mate. Yeah. yeah, so you can subscribe um, at the link below, and it's just coming out once a week with um, a download of what I've been thinking about this week and some also excellent recommendations. I agree. Some extra ones, some bonus stuff. Have you like some bonus stuff and some boob-related stories? I do. You're going to do a boob story every week? <laughs> I'll try. I'll try just for you. Boob of the week. Boob of the, <laughs> boob of the week. I thought that was you. <laughs> <laughs> you bloody got me. I gotcha. Anyway. All right. We'll be back next week for more Suggestibles where we tell you what to watch and if you don't watch and it, James you have to stop listening. me. I'm going to patronise Claire every week. Good. 
Yeah, just to be clear. If anyone's patronising, just to be clear, <laughs> just to be clear, I'll be excellent with a side part, not a middle part. <laughs> you gonna do it? You gonna middle part it? I'm gonna try, but I just, I just have, I used to middle part. How middle part is middle part? Like central. I had a middle part. I could probably post yeah, some you photos. Look bloody terrible. Yeah, no, you, before I knew you. No, part. no, I know. I've seen the photos. It was ter- It was worse. It was worse. Worse actually. than this. Worse than this grim caught. outlook. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I look All like right. the spectre of death. We've been suggested. <laughs> if I walk past a nursing home, people are like, "Oh, he's come for us." <laughs> it's also my black cloak and my big Ooh. hook that I carry with me. What's it called? Scythe. We should go. I'm in the middle of watching a show, <laughs> and I have to watch Superman fucking four. All right. Thanks, Colin, Thanks for, for editing. Thanks, for the editing. Thank you. We're sorry. I, we are sorry. And, uh, yeah, so the sign up below. Oh, well, you know oh, don't, if you don't want to, you don't have to. No pressure. Nah, do it. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.